Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. That is such an encouraging word for us that we may live in shaky and uncertain times, but that we don't have to be shaking ourselves. You pray with me actually right now. We want to pray. God, thank you for the reality of your love that we can actually build our life on it. We can build our hope on it. We can build our peace on it. We can build our perspective on it. God, your love is far greater than anything we can even possibly imagine. And so thank you, God, for leading us, God that we are not abandoned, that we are not left alone, that we are not left to ourselves, but your love is our ever-present help in times of trouble. And so, God, we lean into you. God, we fall into you. God, we find our hope and our strength in you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to welcome those of you who are gathering online right now, which is everyone. Uh, I am so glad that you are here. And what's so uh, crazy for me and for us is that there are people literally joining us from all over the world right now. We normally have folks tune in to our live stream from all over the world, but especially so now. And uh, I just want to welcome you. I'm so glad that you decided to carve out this time this day to actually connect with God. My name is Jarrett Stevens, and I'm one of the lead pastors here at Soul City Church. And I just want to say a quick word before we get into the message and all that God's got for us in that today. I just want to say a quick word. Um, I, I don't know how you do this digitally. I don't know how you do this virtually, but I want you to show love and appreciation for our staff and for this incredible team here at Soul City Church. So wherever you're at, just give them like a standing ovation right now where you're at. If you know one of them, you can text them or email them right now while you're watching this. They have led incredibly well. They have not reacted. They have led. Our church is actually moving forward in these uncertain times. They have leaned in and led. And I am so proud. Both Jeannie and I are so proud of this team. I am blown away by the ways everyone's job description changed in these last couple days and how they are pastoring and shepherding and caring for this church. And this is what's so crazy to me, for many other churches, lots of churches are leaning into our church to learn what we're doing. And I wanna be really honest, we're making a lot of this up as we go, but they're learning from us and leaning into what our team is doing. So however, whatever you can do to bless and thank, give them an appropriate six feet away hug, whatever it is when you see them or hear from them to let them know what an incredible job they are doing. And it's again, further evidence for why Jean and I love to give to this church. We love to support the work of this church because we are not pulling back. In fact, we are going all in as a church and we're finding that we're actually built for this. Our church was built for these days. And so I'm so grateful to be a part of that. You know, as challenging and as different, certainly different and even difficult as these days have been, I don't know about you, but I am clinging to those little pictures, those little glimpses, those little images of hope and of light and of laughter these days. I don't know if you saw the video uh, this last week from the Shed Aquarium and then many other aquariums followed where they let the penguins out for the day because it was shut down because of coronavirus. And so the penguins got to tour the Shed Aquarium. And I'm telling you, like once we're done with this time, you need to find that video and watch it if you haven't, because they get to like waddle around and they're like, oh, there's fish here as well. Oh, a whale. It's really incredible to watch. And I was laughing my way through watching all these little penguins get their tour of the aquarium. And what it was a reminder to for me of what it was a reminder of for me is, is that there actually is more light than darkness. 
God's light and God's love is far brighter than any darkness we may be facing, that there is more life than there actually is death because there is a God who is in control and he's good. Even the little penguins out on a tour, he's good and he's good to you. And Jesus himself is the one who told us the kind of good news and bad news of life in this world and life with God. He gave it to us straight, good news and bad news. He said in no uncertain terms that in this world, you will have trouble. Told us that. You can count on that, that we live in a world broken by sin, redeemed by God. But in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, Jesus said, for I have overcome the world. You can take heart in that. He's actually already overcome anything that we might be facing in our world. What does that mean for you and I in the days that we find ourselves in? That means that COVID-19 does not have the final word. I know it feels like it's got every word on the news right now. It doesn't get the final word. That means that economic uncertainty does not get the final word. Social distancing does not get the final word. One day we will be hugging each other again and I cannot wait to see you all and hug you all. It doesn't get the final word. Sickness does not get the final word. Headlines do not get the final word. Even death itself doesn't get the final word. Not according to Jesus. He says, I've overcome the world. So there's nothing that you are going to face that he hasn't overcome. That is actually good, good news for these difficult days. And what I want to actually spend our time speaking to this weekend is something that maybe you might find yourself wondering. I found myself wondering as I'm trying to navigate this with Jeannie as parents and as as kids to my parents trying to care for them and as we're trying to care for our staff and our team and care for this church. The question I want us to really think about just for the next couple of moments is just this. How do I know God is for me given everything in front of me? How do I know God is for me given everything that's in front of me, given all that I'm actually facing in this moment? How do I know that there is actually more than what I see? How do I know that there is a God who is in control when everything else feels out of control? How do I know that God's good when all I keep hearing is bad news? How do I know that God will carry me through this when it all feels like just too much. So what I wanna do this weekend is offer you a perspective shift. See, I, I believe that you are ready for more perspective, ready for more perspective than just what we see right here, right now, ready to actually see God more in your everyday life. So no matter what it is that you're seeing around you, no matter what's in front of you, you can know that God is actually for you. So what I want you to do is grab a Bible and I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter six. So there's probably not a Soul City Bible in the seat in front of you. So you can open up a separate tab right now if you want, or you can grab your actual physical Bible. Those still exist. And you can open to 2 Kings chapter six. Go ahead in the Old Testament and turn to 2 Kings chapter six. I believe this weekend God wants to give you a better perspective. Now, let me give you some context as to where we're coming at in 2 Kings chapter 6. This is well after the time of King David. It's well after the time of his son, King Solomon, about 80 or so years after the end of his reign. The people of God are actually divided into two separate kingdoms. There's the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom. 
And these kingdoms went through a series of some good, but mostly bad rulers. Some good, but mostly bad rulers. And they were kind of in, the people of God were kind of in disarray. And so during this time of poor, oftentimes poor leadership, God sent spiritual leaders to care for his people through the prophets. They were like the mouthpiece of God to speak the truth and the heart of God to his people, regardless of who was actually in charge. And what I want us to look at in 2 Kings 6 is one of these prophets. His name is Elisha. He interned under Elijah and he actually is an interesting character. He is incredibly creative. He is sometimes crotchety, but he cares for the people of God. And ultimately he cares for God. He wants God's will and God's way to be done among God's people. So that's kind of some of the context. Now, specifically in second Kings chapter six, the Northern kingdom was actually under threat of attack by the Arameans. The Arameans were people who hated the people of God and they wanted to take them out and wipe them out. And so that's kind of where the picture sort of gets painted for us as we step into 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, let's start with verse 8, all right, now that you've got the picture. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, the king said, I'll set up my camp in such and such a place. Very specific details here, right? Great strategy. I'm going to set up my camp in such and such a place. So he's kind of, anytime he would kind of meet with his generals, he'd meet with his officers. They say, all right, here's the strategy. Here's the plan. We're going to set up here and we're going to move to here. We're going to attack here and then we're going to demolish them here. Every single plan he set out somehow got back to the king of Israel. And we see why in verse nine. Now the man of God, which is another way of talking about Elisha, this prophet. Now the man of God sent word to the king of Israel and he would say, beware of passing that place. Remember such and such a place? Beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So when the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by Elisha, the man of God, time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such a Places. Now, there's a lot going on here. Okay, the king of Aram is trying to attack the people of God, and Elisha is kind of the king of Israel's man on the inside. He's got a man on the inside, and he's letting him know this invaluable information to the king. This is like, like minority report before there was ever minority report. Elisha would say, hey, king, watch out. They're going to come and attack you from this way. Hey, king, don't go by that area because they're setting up a trap for you there, right? So he was letting the king of Israel know every single move that the king of Aram was actually making. Now, the king of Aram, as you can imagine, not feeling it, right? He was not feeling the fact that every plan he had was somehow thwarted, anticipated by them. So let's jump down to verse 11. This enraged the king of Aram. So he summoned his officers and he demanded of them, tell me, now look at the move he goes to, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? Basically what he's saying here is, who's the traitor among us? Someone here has given up all our good intel. Who's the traitor here among us? One of you is clearly plotting against me because they keep stepping up and stepping in every time we try and attack. Verse 12, none of us, my Lord, the king, one of them said, none of us, one of his officers said. But he said, Elisha, the prophet who's in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Tell me that's not creepy. 
they finally say, yeah, we found out who the man on the inside is and he's not on our side. Elisha, this prophet, hears every word you say, every word, even in the most private places, like in your bedroom. That is a chilling thought. Elisha is actually like the very first Alexa. He hears everything everything that King Aram was thinking, everything he was saying, God was giving Elisha spiritual insight into all of it. So again, you can imagine the King of Aram wants Elisha taken off the board. He wants him taken out. Now this is where it starts to get really interesting. Verse 13, the King of, King of Aram says, go find out where this guy Elisha is. You need to go find him immediately so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He's in Dothan. Alabama, of all places. He's in Dothan, Alabama. No, it's not actually in Alabama. He's in Dothan. So verse 14. So they sent horses and chariots, and pay attention to the language here, chariots and a strong force. I just realized now that we're doing this live stream. See, when we're here together at Soul City Church and I pause on a word, I expect everyone to shout it back out. But there's no one here to do that right now. So I actually want you to say it out loud where you're watching right now. I know that might, like, might seem silly to you, but you're probably in your house. So who cares? All right, so I'm gonna pause on the word and then you say it out loud. And I'm just going to trust that you're actually doing that. So let me read that again, all right? Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong, I'm just totally in faith believing that you like went out there with me, a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. So he sent a strong force, some of his best fighting men. This is King of Aram. Sent some of his best fighting men to surround the city where Elisha was at. Now watch what happens. Verse 15. When the servant of the man of God, so that's basically the intern to Elisha. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. And look at his response. Oh no. Oh my gosh. Oh no, my Lord. And he went running back into where Elisha was. Oh no, my Lord. What shall we do? His servant asked. Now I love this. Elisha's intern gets up early in the morning. Probably let's just be honest. It's not in the Bible, but probably to use the facilities, right? So he's still kind of wiping sleep out of his eyes and he goes out and he's probably doing his thing. And then he looks up and he sees everybody's watching him. And it's an army of people who've completely surrounded the city where they are, just waiting for them. Remember, because they lined up at night. So when that morning came, he freaked out. And that's understandable. Parents, you know what this is like, right? Have you ever woken up early in the morning to find one of your kids' faces just staring right at you in bed? It is a terrifying thought. Cat owners, you've probably had the same experience. You wake up and the cat's just staring at you, waiting to devour you, right? You know what this is like. It is only natural that he would feel scared. Be honest. You would have the same response. Why? Because you see, he was just, he was reacting to what he saw. He was reacting to what his eyes could see. He was reacting to what was right in front of him. And let's just be honest, that's natural. That's natural. If you walked out your front door and an army surrounded you, you would freak out a little bit, wouldn't you? That's actually only natural. Now, we can take it out of the context of the Bible and into the context of the days that we're walking through right now. It's actually only natural for us to do the same thing every time we see a new headline. And it seems like there's a new headline every single hour with every update that you get about this virus, with every email that you get about them cutting hours back at your place of work. 
or every email you get telling you that your kids won't be in school for a while now. It's only natural to actually react. See, we react based on fear because of what seems so clear. We react in fear because of what actually seems so clear. But I wonder if anyone who's actually watching right now, I wonder if anyone who's actually listening to this right now actually knows that you are not invited to live in just the natural, but the supernatural. That you're actually not invited to just live by sight, but by what? By faith. See, there's more to the picture than just what you see. We need a different perspective. And that's what happens here. Let's look at Elisha's response in verse 16. I love this. He says this, don't be afraid. Now I'm imagining he's still in bed, right? He probably hasn't even rolled over at this point. And he says to his intern, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't be afraid. Elisha answered him, get this. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. That's good. Those who are with us, those who are on our side are way more than those who are on their side. See, Elisha saw what his intern couldn't see. Why? Because he had a different perspective. Elisha actually had faith beyond what he could see. He had faith to see beyond what he could see. He looked at what was against him, but he saw who was for him. He looked at what was against him, an army surrounding the city, but he could see who was actually already for him. Now listen, don't get this. This is important for the days that we're walking through. Don't miss this. Your faith right now, your faith is only as effective as your perspective. Man, that'll preach. I mean, I wish there was a room full of people here saying amen right now. Your faith is only as effective as your perspective. It's all based on what you see. It, it doesn't mean that you don't see the headlines. It doesn't mean that you don't see where the economy is going. It doesn't mean that you don't see that this virus is spreading. It just means that it's not all that you see. Your faith is only as effective as your perspective. It's natural to see those things, but God is inviting you right here, right now today to see things from a supernatural perspective, to see beyond just what you could see. You gotta see beyond just what your eyes can see. And as I was preparing for our time here together this weekend, it reminded me of uh, a, a thing from the 90s. I'm going to talk to all the 90s kids right now. Thanks, Steph. Uh, does anyone remember these things? you ever remember these things, the, the, these kind of magic eye posters? I mean, th- th- we were obsessed with these in the early 90s, right? Obsessed with these. You remember how these things work? The magic eye works? Right, you kind of look at it and you go, oh, cool, it's kind of a rainbow. That's cool. But you know that like if you kind of zoom in and you kind of let your focus go from just seeing what's in front of you, you basically have to put your nose right up against it. You can see that there's more than just the patterns that you see here. You can see that there's a dolphin or there's a bald eagle or it's the American flag or whatever it is, right? You remember how these things work? I was fascinated with these things. And I'm gonna be really honest. I was not great at them. It took me forever. And I would kind of just do sort of the social thing where people would say, it's an eagle. I go, oh yeah, the eagle. I totally see the eagle. It could have been a dolphin. I had no idea. It was hard for me to actually see beyond just what I could see. But if you remember how these things work, if you're ever fascinated with these things, then you know exactly what it is that we're talking about here. 
that you actually have to have a perspective beyond what your eyes can see. You actually have to see things differently from a supernatural perspective to look at more than just what's in front of you. And that's exactly what Elisha does. Get this, verse 17 says this, and Elisha prayed, now look what he prays, I love this. Open his eyes, Lord. He's talking, he's praying for his intern, his servant right there with him. He says, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked finally from a supernatural perspective. And he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. He could finally see now. See, this is where the story is getting really, really, really fun. He could finally see now that the tables haven't turned. They were already there. He could finally see now what God was actually already up to. He could finally see what Elisha saw without even having to look. Oh, there's more with us than there are with them. We are surely not outnumbered here. He had a different supernatural perspective. He no longer saw what was just in front of him. He saw who was for him. He saw that God was actually, in fact, already there. And I believe that this is exactly what God is inviting you and I to do during these days. And let's be honest, every day, any day, is to just see beyond what's in front of you, to have a supernatural perspective. It's natural to see all the stuff that's going on around us, but are you willing to look with the supernatural perspective to see what God is actually already up to? And I want, I want you to get this because this is important, right? This is an invaluable lesson. You may be thinking, what does this weird story from the Old Testament have to do with what I'm facing locked in my house right here, right now? I, I want to show you exactly what I mean. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to, um, Josh, can we come in a little bit tighter, a little bit closer on me? Can we do that real that's good. Let's, let's do closer, closer. A little bit closer now. Hey, how are you? Good to see you. Now, listen, I want to talk to you right now. Person to digital person. I just want to talk to you right now. It can feel right now during these days, it can feel like you are actually surrounded by bad news surrounded by the reality of this virus. And in fact, everywhere you look, as you kind of look around your life, it just feels like you are pressed in. It just feels like there's nothing else but what's surrounding you right now. Now we are about as close as you can get with social distancing for this metaphor, but it feels like this, right? That I'm surrounded. I feel like I can't escape the news. I feel like I can't escape where the economy is going. I feel like I can't escape what's going on with my family. I feel like I can't escape the health scares and the health concerns that I see in front of me. And that's understandable. It makes sense to me why you would feel that way. But here's what I don't want you to miss. No matter how surrounded you may feel in this moment, no matter how pressed in you may be in this moment, here's the reality. God surrounds whatever is surrounding you. God actually is already surrounding whatever it is that's surrounding you. Think about this picture. All you see is this. God, I just feel so intense. God, I just feel so pressed in. God, I just feel like I can't escape this. But what you don't see is that God surrounds whatever it is that's surrounding you. Your perspective may only be right here, right now. God's inviting you to a supernatural perspective to see that he is in fact already surrounded you. He's already surrounded this world with his love. God surrounds whatever it is that's surrounding you in this moment. 
you feel surrounded by fear. You just feel so pressed in and surrounded by fear. Do you know that God is actually surrounding that fear with his perfect love? Right now, you just feel surrounded by information and misinformation and tweets and headlines, and you just feel like you can't escape it. Do you know that God is actually surrounding all of that information with his truth? He already surrounds it all with his truth. You may feel surrounded right now in this moment, surrounded by loneliness, by isolation. This is already something that you wrestled with before these difficult days. And so now you just feel like, God, I just feel so alone. I feel so alone. Do you know that you are actually already surrounded? God surrounds that isolation. God surrounds that loneliness with his presence. He's already in fact surrounding you. You may right now during these days, even while we're watching this right now, feel surrounded by your kids. Like, Lord Jesus, please give me some space. I feel surrounded. I feel like I've lost all freedom. I feel like I can't finish a sentence. I just feel surrounded. And yes, God, okay, it's a gift, but it doesn't feel like it today. You feel surrounded by a change of your schedule, of your daily routine. Uh, You feel surrounded by the lack of freedom that you once felt. Do you know, in fact, that God actually surrounds your kid? He surrounds your home. He surrounds your family. He surrounds your neighbors. He surrounds this city with his peace. Whatever it is that's surrounding you, it's already been surrounded by God. And listen, this is personal for every single one of us. Right now, I'm praying for and trying to stay connected to my dad who is stuck in a care facility where he's not allowed to have visitors. My mom can't go and see him and care for him. He's on his own. And it's not only that, where my parents live in California, my mom is actually been told that she has to stay in her house now because of her age. She has to stay in her house now. So she couldn't even go out and see him or anyone else if she wanted to. And I feel sad and I feel scared and I feel concerned. And it's so easy for me just to think that they're surrounded by these limitations. They're surrounded by these circumstances, but the reality is they are in fact surrounded by God's loving care. Even if I physically, even if they can't physically be together, they're already surrounded by God's loving care. That is a powerful perspective shift for you. So thank you all for being as close as you can legally be right now for this illustration. I appreciate it. Do you get how important it is? Do you get how significant it is that whatever it is that surrounds you, God is in fact already surrounding it? He's surrounding you with his love. Now, I want to just quickly wrap up this story because it's so good and it's so unique. And for all the parts of the Old Testament where it's still so confusing to me, where there's seemingly so much violence and war and death, this story is radically different stands out in the context of all of that. So I just want to wrap it up and then I want to give you a thought for today and for this week. Verse 18, let's continue in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 18. As the enemy came down toward him, remember, Elisha sees that, yeah, they're surrounded, but I'm already surrounded. They're surrounded by angel armies that surround them, right? So he already knows this, right? So I love the confidence he has because of the perspective that he has. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So God did as Elisha prayed. He struck that army with blindness. And as Elisha, just as, just as he had prayed, just as he had asked. So now they come close and now all of a sudden out of nowhere, they're blinded. 
right? They can't see a single thing. So then Elisha walks up to them and says this in verse 19. He says, oh, no, no, this is not the road. And this is not the city. No, what do you think? Oh, no, you got the wrong place. I don't know how you got lost. You should have made a left back there. No, this is the wrong road. This is the wrong place. And then he says this, to the enemy army. Okay, you have to understand, in full force. He says, follow me and I'll actually lead you to the man that you're looking for. I just love this. He's Jedi mind tricking them in this moment. And then it says he led them to Samaria, a significant distance away from the town that he was in. I love that in one breath, Elisha prays for his intern's eyes to be open. And they are. And he sees that God is already surrounding them. But in the next breath, he prays for eyes to be shut. Like, Literally, that God would shut the eyes, blind the eyes of their enemy in that moment. And God does. And so he leads them way away from the city that they were sent to attack and to rescue or to pull him out of. Verse 20 says this, after they'd entered the city in Samaria, Elisha said, okay, God, now open the eyes of these men so that they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes, this whole army's eyes, and they looked and they saw that they were inside Samaria. Uh-oh, this is not what they had planned. These were not their orders. Verse 21, when the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, and I love this, the king is seeking the prophet's wisdom. The king is seeking the spiritual leader's wisdom. The king says to Elisha, shall I kill them? My father, shall I kill them? Is this, did you like kind of bring me this whole army so that I could just wipe them out here in this moment? Now look at this. This is so beautiful. Verse 22, look what Elisha says. No, don't kill them. He answered, why? Would you kill those you've captured with your own sword and bow? Look what he says. Set food and water before them. Set food, it's like set a meal up for them so that they may eat and drink and go back to their master. So the king prepared a great feast for his enemies. And after they had finished a feast, by the way, it wasn't just rations, a feast. Now, Elisha had led them right into the king of Israel's city right there and said, says, no, 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 you show them mercy. You show them kindness. You show them goodness. We'll win this battle with love. And so he feeds them, gets them everything they need. And then he sent them on their way and they returned to their master. You gotta love that. How'd it go? Did you get them? Not exactly. Funny thing happened on the way to the city, right? And then it says this, concludes by saying, so the bands of, from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. That's it. They just gave up. They stopped messing with them. This is such a good story. Such a better story. Such a beautiful picture of God's love and mercy. Such a powerful picture. Now listen, I think it's incredibly important that we not miss what God has for each of us, what God has for you this weekend, what I believe God has for you during these days. Do not miss this. This is incredibly encouraging and good news. As more and more news reports come in, as the effect of this global pandemic actually gets more personal and more real of your everyday life, as our economy takes a turn, as you are caring for and checking in on family members, parents, 
grandparents, those who might be weak or vulnerable around you, it's only natural to feel overwhelmed. And I want you to hear that. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling exhausted, if you're feeling defeated, if you're feeling depleted, that's natural. You're a human being with human limitations. You are not God. You cannot bear all of this on your own. As all of this continues to evolve and change from day to day, it is only natural to feel overwhelmed. But I just want to remind you of this good news from this incredible story today. You may feel overwhelmed, but you are not outnumbered. You may feel overwhelmed. You may feel just overwhelmed by it all not sure how you're gonna get through, not sure what you're gonna do. You may feel overwhelmed, but do not forget you are not outnumbered. That there are literally angels surrounding you. Angels surrounding every hospital. Angels surrounding every home. Angels surrounding, surrounding every vulnerable community. It's easy and natural to feel overwhelmed. But a supernatural perspective helps you see, even if I feel overwhelmed, I am not outnumbered. God still has the final word. God surrounds whatever it is that's surrounding you right now with his love, with his presence. He's got you. He's good. He is actually ultimately in control. This virus is outnumbered. It's outnumbered. I know the numbers keep growing and growing and growing. Hear me it's outnumbered. It's not bigger than God. It's not more powerful than God. It's outnumbered. The enemy who wants to to limit your perspective and steal your hope and steal your joy, he's outnumbered. God's got his number. He's outnumbered. The victory is already God's. And you may not feel it. It may not seem like it, but it's true. You may feel overwhelmed, but you are not outnumbered. God, in fact, says during these days, he believes that you are ready for more. That you're actually ready for more than just feeling overwhelmed. That you are actually ready for more than just headlines. That you are ready for more than just fear. That you are ready for more than just isolation. That you are ready for more than just numbing out. He says that you are ready for more perspective. And that's exactly what he wants to give you today. That whatever it is is surrounding you, it's already been surrounded by God. You are the people you care about, your family, this church, this city, this world is surrounded by God. You are ready for a bigger perspective. You're ready to see more of God by looking more for God in your everyday life. And I think that's a powerful and timely reminder. And so what I wanna do is just pray for you. You know, the more I was studying and preparing for our time, I was reminded of the words that we love to sing around here. It may look like I'm surrounded, It may look like I'm surrounded in this moment. It may look like I am overwhelmed. It may look like I am undone. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I'm surrounded by you, God. And so that's what I wanna pray over you right now. And I wanna ask you to join me actually in prayer. 
to not just kind of open up another tab, to not just sort of turn on the news behind you, to actually focus in and remind yourself of this truth that God is inviting you into. You're ready for more perspective and he is surrounding you right now, wherever you are. Isn't that powerful? We're not even together physically, but we are actually surrounded spiritually by the loving presence of God. So I just wanna pray that over you right now. Will you actually join me in prayer? And I'm gonna ask you, wherever you're at, whoever you're watching with, you got your family there, you're by yourself, wherever you may be, would you actually open up your hands as we pray as an act of surrender? Just open up your hands right now and we're just gonna pray that we would see what God wants us to see. Not just what's in front of us, but a God who is for us. Let me pray for us right now. God, thank you for the reality that is bigger than our current circumstances. Thank you, God, that you're inviting us into more perspective, into a spiritual perspective. It is natural to feel overwhelmed right now, but God, you are inviting us supernaturally to see that whatever it is that we may be feeling overwhelmed by, we're not outnumbered by it. You're already always in control and you are good. And so God, would you give us that supernatural perspective today? Would you help us to see that there is more light than darkness? There is more life than sickness and death. That you, God, are far greater than anything that may come at us. And we will get through this. By your grace, we will. And God, I pray on the other side, we will be able to say that we saw you that on the other side of this, which will come, that day will come sooner than we even think, that we will be able to say, I saw that through it all, through it all, through a loss of a job, through concern over my health, through even friends and people that I know, family members who got sick, I saw even through it all that I was already surrounded by God's love. And I'm here today to testify to that. I'm here today to say that I saw God surround me through even the darkest of days. God, thank you for that reminder. Thank you for that picture today. Even where we're at right now, we're surrounded by you. And so God, that's what we cling to. That's how we fight our battles is knowing that you are already fighting for us. So it's in your name that we pray and we sing.